What's good? What's good? You are listening to Talking Some Muscle with America's Sweethearts. I am Hector Oliveira. Joining me is the man on a mission to find nutrition, the Polynesian Papa of Pump, the Samoan from San Diego, Cece Liua. <laughs> Cece, what is up, man? How are you? What up, man? Good. How are you doing, Hector? Fantastic. And uh, I have to say, oh my God, we're back again. Where'd you go? Where'd with you another go? Episode. <laughs> Where'd we go? You know, a lot of people have been giving us, where did we go? A lot of people have been shooting us emails, a lot of people by meaning maybe two or three people. That's a lot in uh, regards to a podcast of this size. Um, But they're asking for more. They want more. They want more of what Talking Some Muscle has, and they want us to get in that kitchen and start cooking. Mm -hmm. I'll be damned if I do, if I damned if I don't. Cooking up great conversation between two good old friends like... Say say and myself, and uh, I have one question for you. Are you uh, do you smell? Do you smell anything? Do you smell that? Do you smell? You smelling anything? Ah. You smell something? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? You smell what the rock is cooking? Oh, <laughs> that's right. One hundred percent. Right now, the nation is smelling what the rock is cooking because he is now the highest paid actor, and that's what we're going through today. We are going to cover one of the most high profile celebrities that you're going to ever Google search or follow on Instagram or Twitter's or whatever social media platforms or whatever you guys decide to follow people i don't know how you follow who you follow and why you follow and where you're following them too but a lot of people seem to follow this guy because damn he is very likable lovable and downright admirable what are your thoughts on mr Dwayne johnson before we dig into this episode i think it was like eight years ago i told him we should run for president you know what i'm saying so uh but i i think uh, i admire look up to the rock and what he's done in all fairness I mean, it's actually funner to try to hate on the man, like, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, if you talk crap about him, you better watch out because he might show up at your door. So that's the only reason I would try to hate so he can hear it and show up. And I'm like, I was just playing rock. I was just playing. Check out my collection of rock memorabilia. <laughs> you know, if you really want to give yourself a difficult task, you got to actually try to dig to find things that you don't like about him. Um, so what we're going to dig into today is how fitness is the foundation for the success of Dwayne Johnson spanning between collegiate football success, professional wrestling success, uh, silver screen, Hollywood movies success, and success in the fitness retail world with uh, Under Armour. He's building himself quite an empire. I like how he always said, do you smell what the rock is cooking? I thought it was funny. I mean, it's not, it's not like it personally resonates. I just think it's such, you know, smart, smart wrestling. Uh, stuff because you know food for the body is not enough you got to have food for the soul and that's what he's feeding us you know what i'm saying he's making people feel good because we're like sponges man we soak it up yeah that's that's an important thing to bring up his uh, ability to relate personally through uh with people through things like comedy and just finding commonality and not taking himself or the world too seriously speaking of uh, commonality it's him, like the Stone Cold is like uh, was one of the best too, right? So Stone is like a stone, and then you got the Rock. I feel like you got to have something like that's related to something foundationally like rock, like rock, like mountain. Like I'd be the Mountain Man, or Billy Bob Boulder, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> looking forward to this episode because growing up, I was a huge fan of the Rock. But yeah, we're gonna cover all that today, and so much more. On this edition of Talking Some Beep. Muscle. Welcome to the latest edition of Talking Some Muscle. We definitely already introduced ourselves, but I'm Hector Oliver. I'm joined with Cece Liua, and we're going to actually just jump right into this and uh, start talking some rock, man. What are you thinking? Well, I was just saying that I think the rock's got his act together, you know, in a lot of his areas. It seems like on the surface, I mean, nobody's perfect, but, uh, you know, he really leads, it looks like he's a good example. I mean, people look at him as the, you know, man of the year sometimes. He just looks like he has good work ethic in the gym. Yeah, he's been actually People's Magazine's sexiest man of the year. 
But uh, you said something interesting yeah. about having his act together. And I think uh, before we move into the story, it has a lot to do with his background and how he always introduced or how Dwayne Johnson always infused training, training for something as part of his lifestyle. And I think that plays a big role in having your shit together, training for something, because you have to be or not so much organized. You definitely have to be organized, but it's more along the lines of uh, economic with your time. And what I mean by economic with your time, you have to make a lot of time to train, right? You have to schedule that time, which means all the other time around training, if training is your mode of, I guess, um, progression, you have to schedule all the other time for life, like um, appointments and family time and work. You know, you got to make money. There are all these things going on, but fitness is that foundation. You, you definitely have to have your shit together and, and The Rock is a, is a clear example on it. But uh, let's let's get it all started. Let's let's move into the story. You know, he's born May second, nineteen seventy-two, as Dwayne Douglas Johnson. As a youth, he adopts the nickname Dewey. Uh, that's what he's called as a little little young rock, as a pebble, as a wee pebble. Dwayne Johnson was born to Etta Johnson. That's the daughter of a wrestling pro wrestling Hall of Famer, the High Chief Peter Maivia. Dwayne Johnson's father was an, also another pro wrestler, uh, Rocky Johnson, who is also a professional wrestling Hall of Famer. So right there, I, I think there's a certain amount of work ethic born into The Rock's life, right? How much, say, say do you think that would play a role in the development of not only an athlete, but of an individual? I think it really helps facilitate a greater chance of, you know, success, you know, because of who you meet who you know that's just the first thing on the surface but you know also just sitting there ringside looking up to somebody in the ring you're like man i like that i want to do that you know if you admire your pops and what they're doing you know you want to whether he's a fighter pilot or uh you know even a president of the united states i think having family in the game like that absolutely can make a difference i'm not going to say it's going to make you or break you because you you know nobody did the push-ups for the rock nobody had that drive for the rock but he was Man, if you want to call it, what's that word, prepped or primed, you know, even just getting ringside seats and watching your pops in the ring, dude, like that's, that's big, bro. Like, I think that having the framework in place helped grease the wheels of his destiny, you know, but, and he's still going though, but you know, nobody helped him in Hollywood, like from his family, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. Well, no, nobody definitely helped him in Hollywood. He had a springboard of the, the WWF just being on TV, being on television, everybody seeing his face. But I think there's also... I think I a, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he does have... Everybody, you have to get help from people. It's a team effort. But oh, yeah. uh, as far as like, no, me. Unless like, you're... Here's my son. Unless you're Drake. No help. That's on me. On me for real. Came up. Oh, that's that's right. on me. No help. On me, no help. That's like what you say when you put a fucking... 20,000 piece jigsaw puzzle together and you're like I came up that's all me no help that's all me for real you know what I mean yeah for real it's definitely Man, what that's funny dude <laughs> if I put it together a piece or you do a uh, you do a Lego like 1,000 Lego piece set oh put together Scooby Doo's haunted house that's all me for real nice or just an Ikea freaking TV freaking <laughs> Stand. You put together Shit. some Ikea furniture. Ah, uh, put together some Ikea. Came up. That's all me. All me for real. No help. That's all me. I mean, he's going to get pointers, you know. He's going to yeah. get, like, uh, pointers from his dad, though. But, like, I guess in wrestling, it does prime you to be an actor. And maybe that, if you lump all that into the industry, I guess, yo, it, who wouldn't like to, you know, have that kind of extra... Support, yeah. Well, you know, there are there are a, other couple of other factors I want to bring up. So uh, Dwayne Johnson's grandfather was a high chief of a Samoan village. So I think there's stuff passed on through bloodlines, right? A certain sense of leadership and ownership. I think the ownership is more passed on than leadership. Um, yeah. And just taking ownership over your actions and how they're viewed is definitely a good way to, to kind of progress as an individual. Just flat out taking ownership of everything in your life. And I think all of us can learn from that yeah. in regard to being a leader of your own, you know, destiny. Can't be no slouch. Can't be no slouch. Uh, so let's keep it rolling and talk about Dwayne Johnson's dad, Rocky Johnson, professional wrestler for uh, Vince McMahon Sr.'s WWF. 
Uh, a lot of time on the road, right? As, as a professional wrestler, you're traveling from city to city. You're all over uh, southern states. You're all over everywhere else. I mean, look at it this way. The Rock was born in Hayward, California. The Hayward? That's where I got family at. I got family in Hayward, dude. Might be some bloodlines uh, there. I, you never know. There's a there's a Samoan spot called The Spot over there. And they would drink uh, Kava in the back. You know what I'm saying? Everybody dancing. Oh, it's nice. crazy, bro. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, I'm going to have to go visit The Spot out there in Hayward. Anyway, he's a California oh, no, native. It's not called The Spot. It's called Why Not? Why Not? Sorry. Why, why not? not? Oh, okay. Correction. Born in Hayward, California, right? But traveling all around southern states, New York, northeast, just everywhere. His dad was everywhere. Growing up was kind of like being raised by a single mother, basically. And when Rocky Johnson leaves to go tour, you know, southern states, eastern states, and make money for the family, and he looks at little Dewey and says, all right, Dewey, I'm going to hit the road. You're the man of the house, right? There's a sense of responsibility in being raised by a single mother. I think Vince McMahon went on record saying that he spent a lot of time at home with just him and his mom. He was pretty much raised by Ada Johnson. So a round of a fucking applause for Ada Johnson for raising an awesome young man. Can you do a large, the largest soundbite of the lar- of the largest crowd ever? Like for yeah. that, that round of applause right there. So yeah, round of applause to Ada Johnson. But Vince McMahon went on record saying, you know, he met little Dewey Johnson, little Dwayne, and he just knew that you know there's something different. Kids that are raised by single mothers in an environment like that, even though they were married, it was pretty much a single mother environment because Rocky Johnson was always on the road. He said they're a little bit different. What are your thoughts on? Um, children raised by single single mothers being perceived as different or just being different. Is it kind of like a do or die thing or is it more of a ownership and responsibility man of the house thing? Well, you know, I don't even think it, you know, it can, first of all, there's always a special place in my heart for single moms. You know, my mom was one at one time, so uh, they had the hardest job in the world and it's, you know, 24, seven, 365 days a year and on holidays is double the work. You know what I'm saying? No time off. So uh, I, I would say, with that kind of leadership in place, like, and it's like not even a, a bragging thing. Like, look what I did. It's not that Drake look that's all me. That's just a constant grind. So to look up and see somebody working so hard, it just brings your level up automatically. It makes you want to pay them back, you know? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, and it started paying off. And I think The Rock was paying back his family with his effort on the football field. He became a football standout in high school. Dwayne Johnson was highly yeah. recruited coming out of high school. He was one of the number one linemen to be recruited. Ended up landing at the U University of Miami, one of the most uh, yeah. one of the most notorious party schools in the history of party schools. At the University of Miami, he would share time with the NFL Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer, and Super Bowl champion Warren Sapp. So they played on the same defensive line. If you guys don't know who Warren Sapp is, uh, just pop him into the Google machine. He is a freaking beast on the football field. So you see these early inclinations of just building a champion mentality. And, and Dwayne Johnson talks about one of the major goals of the head coach. I believe it was Dennis Erickson at the time. The The goal was to get everyone to graduate with a degree out of Miami, which I think would be hard to do because if you're at Miami playing football, it's a fucking party all the time. I know I'm partying my ass off. If I'm a, a star football player at Miami – Give me all that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, how else can you have it? I mean, Miami's dope, man. But you know, there's a higher level too. Some people might not party and go the extra mile. I, it's it's hard now because I see some people who are champions and they also have a it seems to have a balance with partying as well. I guess they call it partio. But uh, <laughs> but if you look at it like everything I do is championship quality, that means when you go party. It's just championship good time. There's no regrets because you're not like going overboard or you're not doing stupid stuff, man. You're not getting your name in the news for maleficent acts. You're doing beautiful acts. You're just going out having a good time. And, and that's the best of both worlds. That's what champions do. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. Did that makes perfect did sense. That get off yeah. And one thing that, no, that makes perfect sense. And one thing that we can all take from, I guess, viewing or watching or, or just seeing people or teams individuals rise to championship quality performances is that you have to overcome a lot of adversity i mean just because you want a championship doesn't mean you're just steamrolling every everybody everything every single problem that gets in your way there are some really low lows on the way to a championship there's some high highs but there are some 
low lows that build a championship mindset and a champion mindset and a mindset that that will overcome obstacles and, and adversity. I feel a lot of that is missing today with our working professional. Let's call it Let's call our working professional the modern day millennial, right? I feel like there's a lot of, and especially in my line of work as well, I work with a lot of quote unquote millennials, people born 1982 and beyond. When they come into my job environment, where actually when they are one of my employees, there's a lot of competition for employees. So they're not really invested in one spot over the other. It's more of a well, I'm going to be here as long as this benefits me. Once it starts to get difficult, I can go somewhere else, right? And I feel like as fitness professionals, a lot of that is missing. Um, your thoughts on that mentality and how it can either benefit or maybe not be so beneficial to a working professional, a fitness professional, maybe even a personal yeah. trainer. I mean, I guess I just try to stay with the times. You know, I'm working to keep up with communicating better because – uh, you know, I think if communication was better, since communication is so bad, I'll, well, I'm speaking for myself. It's like, hard, it's you know, it's hard to get a full understanding. So I don't want to really judge somebody for their values. Uh, but I, I heard horror stories of like maybe personal trainers making six bucks a session at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? For like a 30 minute session or and, and if money is their, their driving factor, or, you know, uh, it's not that I'm trying to I'm not I don't disagree, Hector, but. I can't knock the man who says, man, I'm just trying to get some money or I just, you know, tell me what to do. I'll go do it. Like, you know, but does it mean you have to pick that guy on your team? You know, people want, people want to go for the best of the best. Dude, discrimination is what everything's founded on. You just can't discriminate on certain things they say. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, what the mentality that I feel is, is missing from, especially with modern day fitness professionals is the actual work and I don't even want to call it a grind, but the attention to detail and the attention to the person that's in front of you and um, just the the outright volume of effort you have to put into your job on a day to day basis. And I feel like that respect and that eagerness to go out and hear a hundred no's to hear maybe two to three yeses, right? It's just not there. Everybody wants to put out a motivational post or everybody wants to put out something to make themselves seem like they are on a soapbox or a pedestal or some type of fixture of grandeur that should be followed and respected and seen as a guru. But no one wants to get into guilty. the yeah, no one wants to get into the dirt guilty. No one wants to get into that dirt and actually turn the soil and find out what's really getting people to tick, like meet them on their level and really connect with them. They want it to be easy. They want it to be an online transaction. They want it to be non-invasive, non-intrusive. They, they don't want to hear the no. They don't want to put the work in and hear somebody say no. And then, okay, let's change the mindset on that no. And let's get this person some help. I feel like there's a lot of that in the industry today. And that pattern, it has to go. Otherwise, trainers will continually be marginalized. You hear about this big thing going on with Equinox, right? They're about to get sued by several what? other personal trainers. Yeah, for underpaying trainers. Wow. Yeah, it's um, it's it's going on. That's obviously uh, a topic for another episode, but um, yeah, I feel like the mentality to overcome and a championship mindset is what brought Dwayne Johnson to a position where he can face adversity, and his life would be filled with adversity. Not only early on, not having his father in the home as much as you know any young man would like. You know, you need that father figure. You need someone to be a inspiration and a, a motivation and, and a role model, right? Not having that that father figure at home, I feel, is an early adversary, adversity or an early setback or just some level of adversity to face. But he had some actual career adversity after uh, college, you know, playing for the U. He got some recognition. He actually devoted a lot of his efforts to being a professional football athlete. Uh, a lot of that reasoning was his father, Rocky Johnson, didn't want him to go into the family business, quote unquote, which is professional wrestling. He didn't want him to have the same, you're going to be on the road, you're going to get injured, you're going to get yeah. your body beat up, you're going to get bounced around. Even yeah. though that's going on in professional football, with professional football, it's a larger audience, probably higher pay, and not being middle of the road, you know, just making ends meet, traveling from town to town, uh, trying to entertain small groups. Professional football obviously is a lot more glamorous sport and a lot more uh, mainstream, if you want to call it that, than pro wrestling, even to this day. 
even though Vince McMahon has built a billion dollar business, billion dollar industry, and it's thriving right now. Um, but actually, a lot of that had to do with uh, Dwayne Johnson. But uh, his his first career setback was actually being cut from a CFL team. He injured his knee, right? Dwayne Johnson injured, injured his knee coming out of Miami. And he ended up getting cut by a Canadian football team, the Calgary Stampeders. You know, you devote yourself to professional football. You have tryouts with the Canadian, uh, sorry, the Calgary Stampeders. And you find yourself without a job because you get cut. So that's a huge yeah. setback. You know, that's your whole profession right there. I'm a professional football athlete. Now you're cut. A CFL team doesn't want you. If a CFL team doesn't want you, then good luck with the NFL. You know, at that you're looking you're looking down a pretty empty road and a dead end. I don't know. What are your thoughts on on having to come to a realization that your initial eggs that you put in a basket of one profession just all cracked and you're left with a mess? You, you know, sometimes it's just hard when you're trying to swim upstream instead of trying to go with the natural flow. Uh, but for his specific setback, I mean, yeah, it's tough, man. It's heartbreaking. Uh, I, I don't know if you can other I, – I, the one thing that I, that stuck with me was somebody said, semi-pro, semi-paid, but the doctor bill stays the same. So, uh, you know, I wasn't really trying to pursue it after that either. So, like, if he's at a, you know, a rock and a hard place or he has to – that know, would sometimes be a, it takes a step back out. Was that? That, would be, that would be a good tag team if you had the rock on one side and a hard place on the other side. <laughs> I'll come in. That'd be my Hector, Hector the hard place. Hector the hard place, Olivera. <laughs> the hard place, oh, yeah, that's baby. That's true. Yeah, stone cold, stone. Hector the hard place, the rock. I'll just be like the mountain man. You know what I'm saying? Man. All foundational. All foundational. <laughs> we can call ourselves the foundation, dude. That's the that's the here comes uh, that's the, the new clique. Here, here comes the, here comes oh, like the foundation. That, All right. So. <laughs> <Shit, I don't laughs> <people. laughs> Alright, so hold right. on a second. Hold on a second. You can you imagine the promos right now when you just oh, said man. the rock and the <laughs> You're gonna get stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. When you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, brother, there's nowhere to go but down. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Would be great. Anyway, I'm sorry CFL okay it sucks you get cut like that it obviously sucks it wakes you up and uh, personally my coaches in football always trained us for that they said most of you guys ain't gonna make it you better understand what you're trying to do graduate so he had operation graduation because you can't you can't just because they'll leave you high and dry football will blow you up put some powders in you you know what I'm saying make you train 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 break your bones and then when it's all said and done, they're like, all right, see you later. Yeah. And one thing you're left with, once they see you later, guess what else you see later is paychecks. <laughs> and that, when that paycheck stops, you're you're left, you're, you're stuck between that rock and the hard place, right? There's, there's hey, nowhere. Let hey, let me tell you something about being between the rock and the hard place. A lot of women have been between the rock and the hard place on the road. Let me tell you something. What? And they all enjoyed it. But it's not going to be like that for you, brother. No, when you're in between the rock and the hard place, it's just going to be punches and bunches, brother. Kicks to the gut. And then bingo, bango, you're going down for the one, two, three. Oh, man, I love it already. Dude, please make a serious, serious pitch for that one, dude. So Dwayne Johnson, good old Dwayne Dewey. Fell in some hard financial times. In his autobiography, he actually talked about only being able to really cover rent. And in order to furnish his apartment, he uh, would go dumpster diving. So think of it this. like It's crazy that <clears throat> he's built up this, let's call it a, a empire of entertainment and fitness and clothing and all that other fun stuff. But he actually dumpster dived for a mattress. And in his autobiography, he talks about how... He could hear the bugs in the mattress when he would sleep at night, crawling through the mattress and chewing through things. There were actual bugs that he had to get out of that mattress that he was sleeping on, but that's all he had to, to sleep on. You know, you're you're hitting a point where you're pretty close to like, holy shit, I didn't make it in life. You know, when you're dumpster diving for a mattress. I know I've personally had some financial hardships. I think everyone who's tried to do something and, and be self-made has had some financial hardships. But to be at that spot, it's not only humbling, but it's fucking scary, right? It's frightening as hell. And if you um, if you find yourself in those scary moments, you know, what's what gets you out of it? I feel like what... I think the common thread, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to lean on here is the only thing that pulls you out of those hardships is resiliency and knowing that you have what it takes to overcome, right? 
And what aspects do you feel in like training, right? Working out, uh, feed into that. Say, say, I mean, in, in your own words, how can you say like, okay, well, these aspects of have, being fit or having a training fitness program will help you overcome hard times. So I think that's a big thing we're missing out on in communicating to our clientele or just communicating to even employees that, hey, if you keep yourself fit, you'll have a mentality that will help you overcome. Or if you train for something, you will have build a, a more resilient mentality and more grit. So what aspects do you feel would, would contribute to that type of mentality? <clears throat> I, I personally, for myself, just feel like I'm very grateful you know, so I just give it all to God because all to God because like you know, there's a there's just a mindset that I have, and like I do these little things in my head, but I can't explain it, and it's weird because you're talking about scalability. How do you scale your perspective? I mean, it takes a lot of dollars before people even try to believe you, but at the same time, there's written and true principles that are within, you know, just a, a, a unseen law. It's like if you do reps, you get ripped. Like I mean, you don't ask why corn. A, a, a seed, a kernel, or a corn grows into a nice green stock, but it just does. And uh, you know, if you put it in fertile soil, though, that is. So right now in the gym, I, my self talk is like, no pride list, bro. Like I have some anxiety or fears coming at me. Like you know, I might be afraid to say, oh, people are gonna think I'm weak or whatever. But I'm like, nah, fool, just close your eyes. And what does your success look like? And I and what I did was ask myself why as many times. Why do I want to get ripped? And then I answer that. I'd be like, cuz, well, you know, you want to be in shape. Why do you want to be in shape? You know, or, you know, so like I go seven whys. When I get to my why, it helps me visualize. That way I could be back in the workout and be like, all right, what does success look like for this rep? It doesn't have anything to do with any weight or how I look. It's just about form and getting the muscles that I want. So I, I think that, it's, that the mindset that helps with that is just knowing your, where you want to go. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's you said it clearly. The why will help you reach that point of humbleness. Like there's a lot of honesty that you have to have with yourself when you're communicating your why. I think that's the the one person we should be honest with 100% of the time is ourselves. You start lying to yourself, yeah. then what where, what are you doing? You know, that's the worst person to lie to is yourself. Yeah. So understand your why and just be honest with yourself in in those vulnerable situations. And the rock found himself having to be really honest with himself, right? So here's where he was standing. His autobiography, he talked about how he tried to do the professional football athlete. Got injured, didn't work out, didn't make it there. He knew he was an athlete. He knew he can use his body to provide himself uh, an income, a living. So he asked his father and reached out, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into the professional wrestling business. Give me some advice. But initially, it was just honest advice between him and his father. You know, what, what am I going to expect what is the business going to do to my body? It was just real honest communication and conversation be between father and son. So Rocky Johnson, uh, Dwayne Johnson's father, set him up with a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Jim Ross. Good old JR, as uh, most people would remember him, the black cowboy hat wearing commentator from the WWE. I'm trying to picture who Jim Ross is. Jim Ross was the guy who wore the cowboy hat and sat at the uh, announcer's table. And would say, oh my God, okay. it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh my God. Son so of a bitch. Like the owner, though. He's not like the owner. <laughs> For those of you that know Jim Ross, know exactly who Jim Ross is. Cowboy hat wearing. He's uh, been made a meme a ton of times. Like, son of a bitch. Somebody stopped the damn match. Uh, big fan I'm of just, Oklahoma I'm just, football. I guess I'm just bad with names. Is he, he's not like an owner or nothing, though. He's like a Jerry Lawler. Yeah, he was a he was a play-by-play -play announcer. He's famous for his black cowboy hat, sitting at the ringside, calling matches. Oh my God, Stone Cold Steve Austin had that <laughs> thick uh, Oklahoma accent. Uh, one of yeah, my, one I, of my I, favorite I, announcers. I think you're pretty good because I kind of picture him now. Oh he used to have God. a sport coat maybe? Or... Yeah, son of a bitch. That son <laughs> of a bitch. You can't say that, dude. You can't say that <laughs> on WWE. <laughs> he did, dude. Back in the attitude era, you can do that. You can do that. And and actually that's a that's gonna lead us into the next segment of, of the Rock's setbacks because the attitude era was about attitude. But anyway, he met with Jim Ross, him being uh Dwayne Johnson. They met at a restaurant to discuss the possibility of working with the WWE. And that's where the Rock kind of got his start. They were discussing possible ideas, possible uh direction for Dwayne Johnson's character, then at the time Dewey, right? Dewey Johnson's character. And what Jim Ross noticed was the look, right? He had a look. And we haven't even talked about really much about The Rock's look, but 
he had a look. He was this tall guy, big guy, great, amazing smile. Full of swole. Yeah, <laughs> full of swole, right? Jim Ross even went on record on um, uh, one of the podcasts, Grilling JR, on JR's, uh, on JR's podcast with Conrad Thompson. He went on record talking about how when, they, when he was at the restaurant with Dwayne Johnson, the server kept coming to the table and just checking to see if The Rock was okay, you know, saying, you know, you need anything else? Is there anything I can get you? JR even said, or Jim Ross even said, that women that didn't even work at the restaurant were checking on The Rock to see if he was okay. Checking on Dwayne Johnson. Are you all right? Everything okay? How can I help you? Just trying to get in or around him. And he knew there was something there. You know, great smile, great look. Everything was clicking on all cylinders. So without question, Jim Ross signed him to a, a deal. You know, there was something there. He was he was an attraction. He was a draw. People liked him, wanted to be around him. And WWE and Jim Ross definitely were not going to pass up on the opportunity to grab themselves a piece of talent like that. I think more noticeably for me about The Rock's quote-unquote look is how his look kind of holds no national bounds, right? You can't look at him and say, oh, he's a black guy. Oh, he's Samoan. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that, right? When you look at him, he has a pretty like ambiguous look he can kind of transcend a lot of uh, nationalities and one thing that actually made the rock in his earlier careers like very uh, marketable to the point where i was a big fan of him was that you know he he kind of looked like everybody he was an every he was an every man's man if you know what i mean i think it's also important to bring up your your looks as a as a fitness professional you know you have to look accessible i guess is the word i was looking for he was very accessible from a look standpoint and uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts on being accessible from a look standpoint as a professional, a working professional? What are some of the ways or some of the things that you can help people be more, quote unquote, accessible? Well, you know, um, I think that uh, the look is uh, something that's undeniable. Everybody always says you might have the look, but I, I got to say, I think I, I would just say he's Samoan, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Every, you know, there's a draft. If you got, if you guys are trying to claim, like I get it. You know, you know who is versatile, like you're talking about. I, I see that in the Rock. I'm not going to deny what you're saying, but yeah, uh, this one guy named Cliff Curtis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who that is? I had to look him up right now on Google, but I'll have to pull I think you Google Cliff by Curtis. the way. You know, uh, I think the look is definitely a big factor, bro. I mean, I, I would say like right now, it's like. There's actually, you know how somebody's good is like, you would say, man, I wonder what this movie would be like if The Rock was in it, right? Like, there's a couple movies where I'm like, man, like, I'm watching The Mandalorian right now. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. The Mandalorian. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is good, but I bet The Rock would be dope in this one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're yeah. talking about it. Without, so without if question. There's any, if there's any movies out there that you think would be better than, the, like, maybe The Titanic even, you know? The boat would not have sunk if The Rock no. was in it, bro. Like, he would have just stuck dove. his leg out and squatted the, time, the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's sometimes it's just being the biggest person in the room is a look, too. Like, you know, if something pops off, everybody starts looking at you like, oh, what's this guy going to do? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's funny that all the girls are just coming up like, hey, you okay, Rock? And like, he's like, do you even work here? <laughs> well, they, they actually talk about whenever you're picking an athlete in the WWF at the time. You want to pick somebody who, if they are walking through an airport, right, they're going to grab people's attention, right? And that's a great kind of like analogy. Like if this person is walking through the airport, is everyone going to look at this person? Because you got to think people have got places to go, things to do. There's bag checks. There's all kinds of shit going on in airport. Your own stuff, right? There's your own need and want for being in that airport and you got your agenda, right? If you can break away from your agenda to notice somebody or look at somebody, that's definitely a marketable piece of uh, ass. No, that's a that's a marketable yeah. uh, talent right there. If someone is noticing the airport, you're going to stop and go, damn, who the hell is that, yeah. right? Well, you know, I actually, uh, I actually kind of feel like this issue is kind of near and dear to my heart too because I, I I don't like stereotypes even though to me I try to joke about it but I think comedy highlights a subject it's up to the people to actually go and do the change for them for us and everything but for me it's like I try to play that little factor maybe I'm just lazy but it's like you got to have the utmost highest principles 
but you know, you, if you just, it's like if you had a Lamborghini, that's why I love metaphors, man. If you had like a car that was dirty on the outside, but the engine was just a perb, right? It's, it still could be room to be better because everybody, you know, you're also judged by what you look like too. Sometimes I guess I can't deny that, but, uh, I just like to be that surprise sometimes. Like, man, this guy looks scruffy. Like, sometimes I, I don't want to make ladies clutch their purse if I'm walking down the street. But <laughs> I just I like to surprise people when they talk to me. They feel like, man, wow, you know, this guy's a nice guy. Not like a, you know, he's a teddy bear. He's not a freaking vicious animal. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know you for know sure. I, mean? I know for sure. If I'm walking through an airport, I'm definitely not getting noticed. No one's stopping and saying, "Damn, who's that?" But hey, man, take me to a <laughs> take me to a flea market or like a. Uh, like a cumbia with all kinds of Mexicans, I'm definitely going to be one of the most noticeable Mexicans at the hey, flea market, dude. at the remate. People are going to stop and look and be like, hey, that's pretty noticeable, electrifying Mexican right there. That's Hector the Hard Place Oliveira, dude. You don't know? That's HHO right there. So <laughs> before we move on, there's actually a story embedded in this meeting with Jim Ross. The Rock has built a little bit of a brand off of. There's a famous story where after they finish lunch, right, Jim Ross is going to pay the bill and The Rock stops and says, hey, I would actually love to buy you lunch right now, but <laughs> but I only have $7 to my name. So Jim Ross oh, looks I'm yeah, sorry. Jim Ross looks at him and he says, well, we're, we're going to take care of that, son. We just signed you to a couple hundred thousand dollar contract. I think it was like a $250,000 contract with the WWF. But that story right there with The Rock – pretty much steps out of his way and says, you know, my intentions are to cover this lunch, but all I have is $7 to my name. He has now flipped that and turned it into seven buck enterprises, right? Every piece of his enterprise or corporation is built with the why or the determination behind starting with only $7 and keeping that little chip on the shoulder, right? And keeping your edge to know that, you know, where you've come from, your beginnings, your your humble beginnings. And that's important going into the going into the business world is being accessible. There's a part of that, right? Accessibility, being down to $7. I know everyone that is listening to this has been at a point to where you've made some measures to, you know, make make things a little bit better for yourself. You know, it's, it's very accessible for the masses. They can come to The Rock and, and he can meet them at their level. As great of a superstar he is, you know, he's meeting them at their level and that's important. But, uh, Let's keep it rolling and talk about how the WWF actually just completely almost annihilated The Rock with the, his initial gimmick. So they bring on Dwayne Johnson and they say, okay, we're going to take your grandfather's name, High Chief Peter Maivia, and your dad's name, Rocky Johnson, and we're going to put it together and give you a character called Rocky Maivia, the Samoan sensation Rocky Maivia. That's going to be your new nickname, by the way, Samoan sensation. Oh, that would be an honor, dude. That's a great name. Thank you, man. Uh, I got a little up to that one. My, my, my pops used to tell me about some wrestler named Rocky Maivia. I didn't even – when The Rock first came out, he's like, oh, yeah, his dad wrestled. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was Peter Maivia. So they, they dubbed him Rocky Maivia and they gave him an outfit that is downright ridiculous. I sent you a picture of this outfit. Do you have it with you? Pull up that picture. I sent it to you. If if yeah, anyone you know, it almost looks Ultimate Warrior ish, <laughs> but it's with the streamers, right? Yeah, there's streamers. A little too long. <laughs> if anyone if anyone wants to pop it into the Google machine, go ahead and pop in Rocky Maivia's debut and take a look at that goofy ass outfit. I don't know how would you best describe that outfit in your in your Gee. in your in your own words. You want to know what it reminds me of when you're at the uh, when you're at like the discount food store, like a Food Max or like a uh, or like a like a Mexican meat market, and you look up and you see uh, Mexican or, meat market. Or you're, at, that, you're at like a discount food store, and you see all the piñatas like hanging from the ceiling. He looks yeah. he looks like a fucking piñata, and that's that's the best way I can describe that. Yeah, that's a better word. That He's is, smiling. It's just like a pastel-y, uh, <laughs> you know, desert look kind of. I don't even know what to say. Like, I would want him to go, you know what? If he put that outfit on, it's not a bad outfit. I just said cheap because it just looks like. <laughs> there's, there's, you know what? It's good, all right. I'll, I'll describe good. it. I'll, I'll give you the blow by blow. He is wearing a magnificently put together stylistic. I don't even know what to call that. A shawl or a shoulder dress with a checkerboard neck lit it's a brown it's a brown monochromatic checkerboard necklace 
with feathers hanging off of it and long party streamers hanging from the shoulders and chest piece and the colors yeah it looks of, like tissue paper <laughs> it does it looks like tissue paper is <laughs> looks like you got toilet paper anyhow so they they slapped this fucking outfit on dwayne johnson right a six foot four 275 pound former miami defensive lineman they slapped this fucking outfit on them slap this outfit on him tell him to run out there smile point out the crowd slap hands and uh be a quote-unquote baby face right so obviously the crowd love this right they're all on board with this 100 percent very very quickly the crowd starts starts chanting die rocky die rocky sucks they actually hate this baby face presentation because as you said earlier right people announcers were saying oh son of a bitch if you have your announcer saying stop the damn match how the hell are the crowds going to accept this smiling you know uh white meat baby face a smiling a, a smile well, from like red. less offensive to like more offensive. <laughs> <laughs> How's the crowd going to um, respond positively to such a baby faced cheesy ass presentation of someone so big? Yeah. Like it's, it's just screaming boo me when you run out in an outfit like that. And that's what they did. That's they the booed best him. one. Cheap's not the word. It's boo me. Boo me. <laughs> boo. Boo me, dude. Boo me. Uh, we need to get t-shirts that say boo me. Anyway, so the crowd did. They rejected him. Every time that The Rock would run out or Rocky Maivia would run out in, into the ring, they would chant, Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks. Die, Rocky, die. And this was another major setback in The Rock's career because he's like, damn, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to push me to, you know, championship level. But the, the crowd absolutely hates me. What the hell am I going to do with my life? I can't play football. No one likes me with wrestling. He reaches out to... Uh, a booker in the WWF named Pat Patterson and says, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, they're, they're saying I suck. They're saying Rocky sucks. You know, they're chanting over and over again, Rocky sucks. And that's where Pat Patterson says, Hey, at least they're chanting your name. And that's, I, I guess that's a level of, I guess it's a level of professional acceptance and identity you have to have in the entertainment business, right? Um, any press is good press, right? So if they're chanting your name, guess what? People know your name. They know who you are. When they see you, there's recognition there. And there's something you can market there. Even if they're saying you suck, right? Even if there's some like, ah, oh, get this fucking guy out of here. You know, whatever. He sucks. And there's something to it. Getting your getting your name out there. So that's I think that's why you and I do what we do. Because whether you like it, you love it, you agree with some of the shit we say, you agree with none of the shit we say. At least, you know, we're out there. We're doing what we do with our names and putting ourselves out there. What are your thoughts on, on being a fitness professional and just leading with your why, but also leading with your, your beliefs, like standing firm on a belief whether people like you or not? Well, I, I think that there's multi-layers to that question. So in short, I mean, uh, what rules are you playing by when you say, I care if somebody likes me or not? I mean, if you have that, I think that's a better thing to start with. Like, just start there can't really care because uh those are the best workouts i've had where uh like you know you might be doing uh unorthodox or unconventional lifts which you're like what are those stick to the basics squat bench incline press deadlift or whatever you want to call it deadlift squat bench press military lap you know pull-ups dips you know go down the line until you get into this gourmet fitness but um I i was wanting to say something about how you said like any press is good press you know if people are talking about you in a bad way and you're and you're a personal trainer, you might not get clients. So <laughs> that is true, man. That is true. That you know? is very but, true. But it's different because because I think what the owner was saying was like, hey, hey, take a look, take a step up here, and look at it from my angle. I captured the hearts and the minds of these people. They can't. They give a f enough of to to. They're watching. They're enthralled. That they're not just going to be lazily watching. They're chatting like, ah, you know. So they're chatting somebody. So just put the show on. Uh, so now how that fits to personal training, I mean, I'm, I'm learning something right now. It's like try not to sell the method. Like there's so many routes up the mountain. Try to try to sell them, the, try to sell on the result that they want, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how deep do you want to go, Hector, the hard well, place? Yeah. Because I, I think just being the know. hard place, Hector, the hard place. I, uh, <laughs> I think just being honest with your clients in certain situations, regardless of how you're going to either hurt a feeling or come off. Uh, someone can say something like, I didn't I didn't lose any of the weight I wanted to lose in the past five weeks doing your program. Mm-hmm. Then you back it up and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you do the program? Yeah, I came and worked out with you twice mm-hmm. a week. 
that wasn't the program. Working out with me twice a week is working out with me twice a week doing training sessions, right? Here's the program. You do these workouts on these off days. You eat these types of meals, this many calories. There's the program. You walk, you give yourself rest, maybe take some yoga. Whatever the program is, we've agreed on. Did you do the program? Well, no, I had drinks. I did this and then do that. So you didn't do the program, right? So you need to meet with me more, but this time do the program and you will get your results. If you're not getting your results, you're not doing your program. And sometimes we need to hit clients on that real visceral level and just break through it because we care about them. And if we communicate properly that we care, then that level of conversation, even though it may seem harsh, is going to be received well and you're going to grow your business. They're going to turn around and talk to other people about it because they remember your name and they remember that conversation. Anyway, that's just where I say we can we can really learn from this situation of, of just having people know our style, our name and who we are and let them you know talk about it. Let them talk about it with other people and, and their communities. Keeping it rolling here. Because uh, the WWF, and going back to Dwayne Johnson's story, uh, because the WWF had people like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, and, and uh, you know, Bret Hart running around saying a lot of things on live TV that don't age well, like this is bullshit, and, you know, dropping a couple of uh, F-bombs and things here and there. Whoa. You know, The Rock's character at the time, Rocky Maivia, was out of place, and they needed to change it to stay with what the the consumer was consuming, which is what kind of happens in the fitness industry. You have to keep your brand fresh. You have to keep evolving and keep keep your product fresh. So they decided to turn him heel, which means bad guy. They switched The Rock to a bad guy and actually cut Rocky Maivia's name and just shortened it down to The Rock and made this almost like megalomaniac. I'm the best in the world. I'm the people's champion. I am the champion regardless of what you say about me. I am the champ. And that's where he really took off. And that's where people really kind of gravitated to him and resonated with that. For some reason, they liked that attitude. They liked that resilient side of the rock. And I actually have a piece of audio from where he actually explains why he uh, he turned bad guy, he being the rock. It's actually pretty funny. I'm going to play it right now. If you can uh, let me cue it up. Like to hear it, hear it go. The nation. I can't believe this. The only thing I ask is that just give me one opportunity, even if it's a 30 seconds, just give me one opportunity to get on the microphone and just say what I feel. That's all I need. 30 seconds. And he's a jerk. And then somebody had told Vince, he, you know, Rock just wants 30 seconds. And Vince was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Who knows what they thought I was going to do. They're probably like, yeah, whatever. Who knows what he's going to say. I got three words. Die, Rocky, die. That's the gratitude I get from you pieces of crap. It's not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It is a me kicking your ass thing. In arenas across the country, I heard chants of Rocky sucks. I am a lot of things. But sucks isn't one of them. And just in that, I was just able to be myself. And from then on, it was shot out like a rocket because I was just able to be authentic. Now off we go. All right, so there it is. Um... I, I mean, it sounded like he was a go-getter because he's all, I need 30 seconds. That's all I need. You know, I'll say what I want. But yeah, I, I see, think, uh, yeah, it's, so, a, it's pretty famous though, right? Yeah, so The Rock asked Vince McMahon for 30 seconds of live microphone time where it's not scripted. He's just going to go say his, whatever he feels off the top of his head. And what he what The Rock actually does and he creates a platform for himself to interact with the audience and it becomes a part of his gimmick. You know, singing, doing sing-alongs with the crowd, doing uh having them finish some of his catchphrases you know if you smell what the rock is and everybody would scream cooking he would say finally the rock has come back to whatever city he's in and they would all cheer you know pandering to a crowd like uh, any any good uh, professional would so there was <laughs> there was just a, a platform for him to interact with his crowd because he met them at their level so yeah you got to meet people at their level and you got to interact with them I feel like you just treat everybody the same, I guess, or, you know, I, I like the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated, but I always say treat 
others how they want to be treated. Like if you're yeah. a vegetarian and you go into a restaurant, you don't want to offer them steak because they're a vegetarian, bro. But you, I want steak, you know, but they might not want it. Exactly. So I try to correct quietly, praise loudly, you, you know, just uh, remember like that. Like he said, all they remember, all he remembered was the crowd chanting die Rocky die. It's like, you know, your words matter, man. Well, you could do a hundred things right. If you do one thing wrong, that's what you might be remembered by, you know, like don't, don't mess around either, man. Stay professional. Yeah. Well put, man. Let's keep it moving and talk about how The Rock actually used the WWF as a platform to launch his career off, right? So I think the most important thing to take away from these next few uh, talking points is how The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, recognized himself as a professional athlete, whether it's going to be football, professional wrestling, even acting. He's still an athlete. He's an entertainer now, but he's also still keeping that athlete mindset, and it's important to what his brand is so he can connect with athletes he can connect with people who are just training in a gym he can connect with wrestling fans he's using every single aspect of his network to build his income and as fitness professionals i don't think a lot of us do enough to use all aspects of our network to build our income and fitness is everywhere and one thing that we try to do with this show is basically make those connections so that way we can start thinking about different ways to, to build our network. And even if it just means getting someone out there listening, motivated to get their ass up and go to the gym, maybe even just call somebody and talk about something health related. That's all we're trying to do. If we're going to take anything from this next, these next couple of talking points, it's that use your network, use all of your resources to one, identify yourself professionally and build an income. So that's kind of what takes us through life, right? Our connections. Um, so The Rock eventually gets pushed all the way to the top, right? The crowd actually responds to this new bad guy persona, The Rock, that uh, is you know arrogant, pompous, doesn't care what the crowd says. He thinks he's the champ. He feels he's the champ no matter what. And the WWF puts The Rock in a he program. He is the champ. He is the, pe- he is he is the, the champ. people's champ. Yeah, he dubbed himself the people's champion. He should have been president, dude. I, I told him, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking he should have ran for president you know what? like two terms ago. He's the people's <laughs> president. So what the WWF does is they put him in a program with arguably the hottest professional wrestler in the history of the business, Stone Cold Steve Austin. They, those guys single-handedly will push the WWE into a multi-billion dollar business. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say single-handedly because there are a lot of other superstars in that era that did their job it was a team effort but when you look at the two top stars the rock and stone cold steve austin i mean everything else is just kind of you know fixtures on that on that puzzle everything else is just kind of falls into place so that's one thing right you, you're put in a program with the biggest star guess what your name is out there your face is out there and then what's that Hollywood comes a knocking, baby, and The Rock gets his first uh, opportunity with The Mummy Returns. He was it was like a half CGI, half The Rock Scorpion type creature, but people were like, "Holy shit, I need to see more of that. Let me see more of that." And guess what The Rock did? He said, "I'm going to give you more of that." He gets his first role as the Scorpion King, and he co-starred with a very gorgeous Kelly Who. Oh, I was a big fan of Kelly Who back in the day. Anyway, uh, gets his first star, and he's off to the races with his Hollywood career, man. Standing today, he's the highest paid actor. Anytime he goes back to WWF, he's highly respected. Whether they love him or hate him in the crowd, whatever it is, they're still going to cheer because when The Rock hits the ring or he hits the arena, they know he's going to give them everything, and they know that The Rock is going to entertain the hell out of them, and they're going to get a quality performance. And that's important to everyone as a professional. When you're putting your professional skill set to work, make sure you're doing everything possible to give everybody 100%, to give all of your clientele, even your coworkers, full presence of mind and just be not only in the moment, but be at their level. Bring everything to the table. Don't leave anything at the door. I guess that's my soapbox. They say, what do you want to add to that? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say when you asked me uh, that, that question, because like, uh, a perfect example, I was listening, right? And I was trying so hard to listen to you. I was almost developing a, my own thought, like I wanted what I wanted to say next. And I had it, there was something about uh, the wrestling, but then you hit me with that question. So that's an example too of like, um, what you had just said, man, just show your skills. So 
that implies that you better work on yourself. So just, you know, be a good version that somebody wants to get your perspective on things like, hey, man, what's my problem from where you're at? You know, so, you know, in order for you to get that good reputation, you just got to uphold your highest set of standards and, and give it your all, man. You can't you can't be uh, doing what I was doing, like trying to develop an answer, because when you asked me that question, I was like, oh, sh-, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so. Stay in the moment, really learn, you know, be engaged, actively listening, repeat back if you have to. And, you know, be, be communicative. Sometimes, uh, I had a dude, my first client, she, she paid me, uh, $90 an hour, bro. Uh, it was like twice a week to berate her. She said, I want you to berate me. Like, come on, you piece of shit, fatter, you know, faster, you fatty. Like, you know, I was like, I couldn't do it. So I think it only lasted about a month because of that. Like, do it, you know. I mean, I would love to be a drill sergeant. Based on my skill set, naturally, I, I just have a loud voice. So for me, I'm always working on my communication because that's all we have. So remember that if it was your business, how, who would you want in that seat? Who would you want in that chair? Who would you want in those shoes? And how would you want them to act if it was your business? So that's kind of how I go into it, you know? Without question. So yeah, I think to put a bow on it, the key takeaways when you take a look at The Rock, and there is so much to dig into, so much to unpack with The Rock, how he went from, you know, little Dwayne Douglas Johnson, born May 2nd, 1972 in Hayward, California, to little Dewey, to Rocky Johnson, to The Rock, and then to finally Dwayne Johnson, or Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the highest paid actor slash performer in Hollywood slash entertainment. I think some of the key takeaways are just being resilient, right? You got to be resilient. You got to have a competitive athletic champion mindset of overcoming adversity you got to expect adversity. You got to take take ownership. You know, as a child, taking ownership, being the quote unquote man of the house, taking ownership of over your piece of the responsibility. You definitely have to be authentic. Be authentic. Be be authentic. <laughs> uh, you have to definitely meet the people around you at their level. Be accessible. You know, let people have I, I access to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> be accessible. See, you know, he's like. <laughs> He's there, dude. He's always on the, the rock is always on the horizon, dude. You know, yeah. he's, he's solid. He's heavy in the game, man. You can't erode his reputation. You know, only he could do that. But what's crazy about him too, before I continue on with like key takeaways from the rock is anytime you bring him up or you tell somebody, I was talking to somebody at work about <laughs> how we were going to do an episode on the rock. And she immediately says, Oh, I love him. I love the rock. I think everybody can gravitate toward the fact that they have nothing but good, feelings toward the rock and like you said it's hard yeah. to talk shit on him i, I kind of like for some reason i think i hate on his under armor bit thing but i think even his under armor stuff is high quality like i went to check some out i was like yeah i rock that but the big bull man i mean it's all it's tough man but uh, i just it wasn't me but i hope he's not like like you know sweat chinese sweat labor or whatever they call that you know sweat room labor i'm pretty sure kinda. it is it's, it's a major uh, clothing company in the United States. I'm pretty sure there's some sweatshops out there making making their dollar dollar bills, yo. But um, well, I'm just I guess I'm being judgy too already because even then, I, I guess what I'm saying is like nine, it's like a hundred some dollar headphones. I get it, but I'm more of like a you know spend less kind of guy in there. Like it's headphones, mm-hmm. like if it gets the same sound. I, I mean, uh, damn, rock. <laughs> what am I paying for? Yeah, I will say this. I will say this. The the negativity of his clothing line is kind of like the message that it sends out. I think a lot of people will put a, a kind of a sense of grandeur on getting to the gym and working out and making that be like, oh, time to go to work. Got to get work done. I'm going to get beast mode. There are, much, yeah. there are much more important modes you can hit in the gym other than yeah. beast mode. Like the other day I was talking yeah. about like cleaning up the floor and re-racking your weights. It's like no no brand out there has fucking re-rack mode. Maybe that's a t-shirt we need to come out with. If you're going to hit beast mode, make sure you hit re-rack mode and fucking put yeah. your weights away. That's way more important than beast mode. If you hit beast yeah. mode and you don't clean up any of your shit after hitting beast mode, you got sweat all over the floor, you got your chalk, you got weights everywhere, then you're going from beast mode straight to douchebag mode with nothing in yeah. between. It's just – and then well, maybe those those might even start to merge – and beast mode is now yeah. the new douchebag mode. Instead of calling someone a douchebag, I'm just going to call him beast mode. Oh, that's beast mode. Uh, they always say, don't hate the player, hate the game. But I'm like, don't hate. Why are you hating on somebody? As a matter of fact, like, uh, if he were to, like, say, like, Pat Riley, 
he, you ever heard of Pat Riley? He was yeah. the Lakers coach back in the day. Yeah. He put a patent on the word three-peat or a trademark, three-peat, right? I'm sure you might have heard of that. And then, you know, when McDonald's came out, they put, oh, Lakers three-peat cup on their cup. He sued them, right? So if you're going, maybe if he put blood, sweat, and respect at the rock, try to like trademark it i might be saying well that's a bit much but i don't care you're smart whatever like you can't like use you those... that word or those series of words but now if he starts to go and make his money and his fortune off that like i, I don't know that's that's and that's still that's the the game that's just him being smart like everybody should do that but somebody told me that that's what's wrong with the world and people trying to copyright trademark you, you, you know what i mean so i guess if you're coming out with a brand you have to do it you know, mm-hmm. but I like yeah. how he teamed up with Under Armour. I do like that. That's that's a good brand. That's a good company. Yeah. I heard. The last thing we need to cover with The Rock is his philosophy of his body being his business, and that's what it is, right? Your body will always be your business. Part of training and keeping yourself fit is, and we say this a lot. I know this is a reoccurring theme and motif with it, but keeping yourself fit is what keeps you ready for opportunity when it strikes, and training and constantly. Staying on top of your health and wellness, mental health, mental wellness, uh, nutritional health. Staying on top of that and staying engaged in it is what keeps you ready to capitalize an opportunity and a little bit of luck when luck strikes. Uh, and that's definitely one thing we need to take from The Rock, whether it's his clothing brand, whether it's movies, whether it's his Seven Buck Enterprises. He always seems to be in that healthy state, ready to kind of take on whatever comes his way. And we all, I feel, would do ourselves a great, I guess, a great deal of good if we kind of model our own health and wellness around that. So get in with the trainer, talk to somebody about your health and wellness, get some workouts going, and don't just work out, train. Pick a goal, train, get to that goal. There's a difference between just working out and training. Who are you speaking my language, bro? I absolutely think that. And there's a hierarchy. So uh, uh, all in all, you're right. There's a big difference between training. I like training, dude. That's that's my level, dude. It's done at the wee hours when nobody's looking. And it's not pretty, dude. It's ugly. It's ugly. Yes. It's like, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's important too. Wee hours, right? Getting up in the morning. You'll find that some of the most... Uh, Highly successful people will wake up at that early hour looking to work out. So if you're a personal trainer and you're not looking for business in those early hours, you really have to ask yourself, you know, am I really paying attention to what my consumer wants? Am I meeting the buyer at their level? And you have to wake up and you have to be just as tenacious as those working professionals that are highly successful that have disposable income to spend on personal training that want to get in at those early hours. So you have to meet them at their level. I think that puts a nice bow on it. Say, say any any closing thoughts on the rock? Well, I mean, you know, if you if you like what you see, you know, really get down to what he does. But the rock man, love him. Should run for president. I'm telling you, uh, I'm curious to see maybe like how he would age, man. I'm not trying to rush time, anyways, but how we all age because you're, you know, damn, he's like 48, dude. That's what's up, dude. 47. That is what's up. Hopefully, when I'm 47, I'll grow up and be like the rock. Dwanta Claus, that's what he that's what he Duanta goes by Claus. around these times. He's such a clown. Anyhow, that's gonna wrap it up for our episode on the Rock. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with uh, the Samoan sensation. I am the Mexican meat market, the hard place Hector <laughs> Oliveira. <laughs> on our next episode, right? We're gonna go from the Rock, right? The highest paid male actor, the highest paid actor in Hollywood. A lot of testosterone there. We're going to go from that on our next episode. We're going straight up mommy muscle when we're covering Olympic gold medalists, beach volleyball superstars, Carrie Walsh and Misty May. These are some hot mommies. Not only hot mommies, they are mommies with muscle. They have won gold medals. They have won beach volleyball championships. And I love watching them. I hate the fact that they are, they are just so sexy on the sand and they are so great to look at. I hate that they are just so amazing to look at. Because I get lost sometimes in their athletic performance because they are beasts when it comes to volleyball. Just masters of the sport. So we're going to cover Misty May and Carrie Lee Walsh, their stories, how they perform as mommies, how they find time in the mommy schedule to get to fitness and hit those championship workouts. That's what's up. And we're also going to give you another little tidbit. 
We're going to do a little countdown of the top five cities in the United States of America with the fittest mommies. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that actually looks like it can go on a magazine. Say, say, thank you very much, man. I appreciate all you do. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate and remember, you, everybody, if you don't got it, don't show it. Let me tell you what Melba Toast is packing right here. I've got 411 Posi Track out back, 750 Double Pumper, Edelbrock Intakes, Ford Over 30, 11 to 1 Pop-Up Pistons, Turbo Jet, 390 horsepower. We're talking some fucking... Did you see any action? Did you make any friends? Would you like some affection before I leave again? I've been walking behind you since you've been able to see. There's never been any reason for you to think about me. I'm going to actually just turn my, my voice? <laughs> or see your voice, see your face. I can see your voice. I can't see your oh, face. Can you hear my face? Though? Can you see my I voice? Can, I can <laughs> hear your face and I'll I can see your voice. <laughs> right now, the only thing I could hear is your face and I can see your voice.